High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Two minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon. I'm Nikki Severini. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. And I have to start off the show wishing Israel happy birthday. 71 years young. Of course, Yom Hatzma'ot, um, all the schools gathering, celebrating, waving the Israeli flag with such pride. This young, pulsing, expansive, Incredible, incredible country, this little piece of land that's just growing and contributing to the world in technology, in the medical field, just uh, agriculture, just so much expansion. Just hearing about, um, you know, going to land on the moon wasn't fully successful, but just all these news. And so it's a day, um, you know, we were celebrating, um, remembering um, the soldiers, people, who, uh, youngsters who have lost their lives in, in keeping Israel safe. Um, and just before that, Yom HaShoah, of course, um, and remembering again and keeping the memories alive of those who perished in the Holocaust. So today is a celebration because... You know, it's just an incredible miracle that that Israel exists, and and we need to be grateful and celebrate every day, not just on Yom Hatzma'ot. So, wow! I mean, we've just come out of elections, 2019. I don't know what your experience was like. We've got Mother's Day on Sunday. It's all happening. It is all happening. It is busy. But what I wanted to share with you was um, standing in the queue yesterday, someone had actually sent a podcast to me. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to be standing there for an hour, two hours, who knows how long, I'm going to listen to a podcast. And I had the privilege of listening to Dr. Tara Rye Trent. I don't know if you've heard of her, a Zimbabwean woman. In fact, Oprah has named her of the thousands and thousands of people that she's interviewed. She has said that Dr. Tara Rye Trent was her very, very best. And um, uh, Dr. Tara Trent um, was brought up in amongst this poverty-stricken community in um, Zimbabwe. She, by the age of 18, she was married to an abusive man. By the age of 18, she already had five children. So she shares the story of her great-grandmother handing the baton onto her grandmother, who handed the baton to her grandmother, who handed the baton to her mother and to her, and the baton of poverty, of what it was to be a black woman, um, not to be educated, to be exchanged for a cow, to be married off at such a young age within this colonialized society um, the, the, the dehumanizing of the process but she talks about having a dream and how her mother encouraged her with her dream and said, take your dreams and write them down and bury them. Bury them so that your dreams can come true. And it's what she did. And it took her eight years, eight years to pass matric. Um, just her high school took her eight years and she did it via correspondence. And then finally, and she dreamt about it. And finally, she got into a university in America because this was her dream. This is what she had written down and she had buried in the soil underneath the rock that there used to be a rock when she worked in the fields and looked after the cattle 
And um, when it came to going to America, there wasn't enough money. And then the man in charge of the village went and he gathered all the cents and all the, the dollars that people had collected for her to go. And she went along to America with her five children. And she held down three jobs while she studied. And just how she went and eventually got her PhD and how her and how Oprah gave her so much money, you know, to come back and educate a whole lot of Zimbabwean children, specifically Zimbabwean girls. And it just spoke to the power of the mother. This, she decided she was not going to take the baton from her mother, that which was passed down from the great-grandmother, um, and that was to live in this abject poverty, to be exchanged for a, a cow, to be married off, to have to have all these children, to be uneducated. What an extraordinary woman is Dr. Tarai Trent. And so when on Sunday we celebrate Mother's Day, we go beyond the Mother's Day gifts, the commercialized side. Are we booking at this restaurant? Am I buying you this gift? Let's look at the ancestry. Let's look at our ancestors, our great-great-grandmothers. What baton did they pass down? What are we carrying through? Um, you know, what, what are we um, living out in this lifetime and honoring the mothers that have passed us? It really, really is a pivotal moment. A Mother's Day because it it is a reminder of who we are and where we came from and how we're moving forward. So we're dedicating today's show to mothers. Um, we're going to be talking about extraordinary mothers, the impact that mothers have had on our lives. And so I'm going to start off the show um, interviewing Laura Ruthven, who is the editor and over, uh, owner of the Female Entrepreneur SA. Um, and she's put together an ebook called Leading Ladies. So it's filled with women who've done extraordinary things. And we're going to be talking about them. So Laura, welcome and thank you very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for ha having me. It's really lovely to be here. So, Laura, you've put together this e-book called Leading Ladies. Why? Yes, we did. And we featured more than 100 female entrepreneurs in South Africa in the e-book. And and tell me, um, so I mean, I'm just looking at some of the lists that you've got. So you've got um, Nelly um, Annandale from Kido, Victoria Arthur from Mum's Mail, Catherine Constanides from Miss Earth SA, Kerry Ralph from the Ivy Bar, Debbie Merjan from Camelot, Carol Boys. Um, you've got Linsuala Lodges, that's Lisa Hurson, and Nikki Bush Weaver on the show. You've got a, a whole host, as you say, over a hundred women of the those women, tell me, what did, what did you do, Laura? I mean, was it a case of approaching them and saying, we want you to be in these, you know, this leading ladies book? Um, did they have to fit a particular criteria? No, not in, not in the current leading ladies ebook. It was just women in business. But we're actually bringing out a magazine later in this month about moms in business. Oh, fantastic, Laura. Please expand on that because I think that um, – you know, the entire time when I, I, I had a training company before I fell pregnant, um, then when I had my children, I really, really want to dedi dedicate my time to being there as much as I possibly could, but all the time working on the side. And, you know, we know the juggling act and, and mothers listening right now. 
For those mothers who choose not to work, I salute you. For those mothers who choose to work, I salute you. It's a juggling act whether you're working or not. But let's, let's expand on, on being the mother, on being the businesswoman. What did you learn? I mean, you, 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 you're coming out with the magazine, you say about mothers, women in business. What, what did you gain from that, um, Laura? Well, we have, it's, it's quite amazing that we have lots of women in South Africa who are moms in business and also who work with their daughters in their business. Oh, really? We're very proud to say that we've got Jackie from Charlie's Bakery in Cape Town that's going to be featured in the um, upcoming ebook. Um, and she runs her bakery business in Cape Town with her three daughters. Yes, of course, Charlie's Bakery. There was a reality show. Oh, it was delicious. I remember when I went to Cape Town, I actually went to Charlie's Bakery. So who actually started the business? I'd love to know. Was it was it the mom who started it? It was the mom who started the business, along with her beloved husband, who actually passed away in 2012. Oh, I see. And then the three daughters came on board. Isn't that incredible? Wow. So, so Laura, who else um, um, have you featured as a mother in South Africa um, and working at the same time? Well, I'm actually so excited to tell you that we've got uh, Musta Lacey. She is the first lady of suits in South Africa because she made, she made a suit for Richard Branson a while ago. Oh, really? So hang on, just, let, just let, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Musta Lacey. So she, she, she's a designer, is she a fashion designer? Uh, yes, she is, and she does actually designs suits. And then she does, she's also got like a little side, um, let's say, range where she does socks as well that, that, that actually complement the suits she makes. And she's a mother at, at the same time. Yeah, she's got a beautiful little girl of three years old. Fantastic, and she's just uh, um, designed Richard Branson's a suit for Richard Branson. I'd love to. I'd love to see that suit. I can imagine <laughs> it doesn't look like the normal suit. I can imagine palm trees from the island island necker. <laughs> I can just imagine. Listen, um, uh, Laura, we're going to take a break. Please stay with us. We're going to be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. Thanks so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination on 101.9 High FM. Dedicating the show to mothers. And I started off talking about this Dr. Terry Rye Trent, who I found so inspirational while listening to her podcast while casting my vote yesterday. And I highly recommend it. You know, casting the vote can be a lot of fun. You meet lots of interesting people, but it's also a little bit of time out. So listen to those podcasts. There's so much incredible content out there. I have Laura Ruffin in the studio. She's the editor and owner of Female Entrepreneur SA. We're talking about her ebook, Leading Ladies, over a hundred South African businesswomen in that book and also a magazine coming out about uh, South African women who are mothers and the juggling act. Um, Laura, just to give our listeners before we say goodbye to you, just an idea of where they can get their hands on the magazine. Well, they can find the current magazine on www.femaleentrepreneursa.coza. Fantastic. And, the, and what about the ebook, Leading Ladies? Can anyone have access to this book? Yes, they can. Fabulous. And you basically, you interviewed the entrepreneur, so you get a bit of an insight um, into what they're doing, challenges, etc. So it's a lovely read. Yes, and then there's obviously lots of photographs because in the past five years, they've discovered in the media world, it's all about images, images, images. Okay, 
Great. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. Great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Laura Ruffin, editor and owner, Female Entrepreneur SA. Um, so just go to the website. It's called Female entrepreneurs.co.za look at that um, ebook leading ladies or you can get your hands on the magazine always good to see um, what uh, working moms are doing and how um, they juggle the act of, of working um, and and being a mom at the same time so we've got an incredible mom who's going to be joining us shortly sharing her story I mean we've heard her we've seen her on TV we've heard her on radio and uh, we're delighted um, that Tumi is going to be joining Joining us, um, yeah, in a, in a few minutes' time to share her story um, and also what it is to be a mom and the impact that her mother had on her life. Um, we'll be talking about her book and then Mama said, and that's um, to me Maraka in the studio just now. So we continue with um, brave mothers um, and the role they play in their daughters' lives, their sons' lives, just carrying on with with tradition and with life. Um, talking about Dr. Terai Trent and the passing on of the baton that I mentioned a little bit earlier, an extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary story. So there's definitely a passing of a baton with our next guest, um, Jeanette Abro. Um, she's a DL Link angel. She She's the mother of Vanessa Abro, who we've had on the studio, on the show before. She's a cancer warrior, and she's had such a journey um, since uh, 2011 when she was first diagnosed with cancer. And we always talk to cancer warriors here on the show. So to talk to the mother of a cancer warrior, what is it to be the mother, to hold your child through the process, your grandchildren, um, and, and what is that like? So, Jeanette, welcome. Lovely, lovely having you on the show. Thank you very much, Nikki. So we've got Mother's Day. We said it's so busy. You know, I mean, it's Yom Hatzma'ot. Israel's turning 71 today, which is a huge celebration. We had Voting yesterday, you know, a fair democratic election, something to celebrate, and then we're celebrating mothers, and and we're going beyond just looking at Mother's Day gifts and the commercial side, but really the role that mothers play in our lives. And you have had to play such an important role in your daughter's life. Yes. Um, as I said, we we had her on the on the show not so long ago. It was really really wonderful having Vanessa on the show. But now, from your point of view, Janet, twenty eleven, she was. Diagnosed. Can we go back? Yes, of course, Nikki. Can you talk um, into the microphone, yes, please? Thanks, yes, Jeanette. thank you. Nikki, um, I'm very honored to be here and have the opportunity to tell Vanessa's story. Very emotional. It is emotional. So this is what we do on the show. We get emotional, so don't feel bad about it. Go ahead. Okay. So after eight years of cancer treatment... Much to my horror, my anger, and my bitterness, I discovered that there were different technologies to treat Vanessa that could have been used and which the doctors in South Africa did not offer her. Um, Nikki, this is a, a picture of my daughter prior to her 30 hours of surgery, head and neck surgery, and devastating surgery. And I'd just like to show you, and this is a picture of Vanessa. So let, let, let's, let's talk about, um, let, let's talk about the 11 years you, 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 because it started off with a tumor in her sinus, if I remember it correctly. As it's called anesthesia neuroblastoma. And what okay. did they do? What did they, what, what happened okay. with that? So this has been a long journey, Nikki, that I can't actually 
you know, uh, I'd love to share more with with the listeners. Um, And they're welcome to call me. I'll give my phone number at at the end of the show. But this has been a long journey. But basically, um, Vanessa's Vanessa's uh, cancer could have and should have been treated differently. Um, This is how the doctors, the picture that I'm showing you is a a picture of Vanessa as the doctors left her and abandoned her to die in excruciating pain and agony. This is how I flew my daughter to India to save her life with her eye bulging out of her socket. And this is a situation that no parent should ever have to deal with. I should have reported the whole medical team to the Health Professional Medical Council, but I've been too busy trying to save her life. This cancer has devastated our lives over the past eight years. I'm here today to give a warning to that there is a, that there is additional research which cancer patients have to read and know about and to contact medical institutions overseas. The treatment plans given globally are not the same as what we are being offered here. The rest of the world is dealing with technology of cancer differently. So if anybody wants to know more about Vanessa's story and what we have been through, they can go onto our Becca Buddy link and read more. Okay, and Jeanette, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you. I want to ask yes. you questions so that we can move forward with that as opposed to reading that out aloud. Jeanette, when she was first diagnosed with cancer, what was the prognosis like? I mean, what did the doctor say in terms of treatment, and did you go straight into the treatment? Just a story from your, Nikki, from your it mouth. it started with operations, and we were never offered any other solutions. When you're confronted with an illness like that, you are nothing short of desperate. Mm. And, you know, looking back in hindsight, the doctors have come with dire warnings of eight years, of ten years, of whatever. They have no right to predict. Mm. God is in control. Doctors are there to heal. Unfortunately, I see that their roles that they have taken upon themselves are not that of healers but of predictors. And had they given my daughter the treatment that we received in India, she would not have ended up losing her eye. Did they have that treatment here, Jeanette? Is it, is, is it available in South Africa? Well, treatment? there were always alternative treatments. There were always d- treatments she needed she needed um robotic surgery mm-hmm. and it was the the doctors there was there, there may have been treatment here but we were never told about it okay. we were never offered the opportunity it was always surgery chemo radiation devastating radiation mm-hmm. devastating radiation that burnt her her salivary glands that had, had damaged her her the 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 nerves in her eye um, only to find out in desperation when I flew my daughter to India on the advice of a local doctor who has done a lot of research on what technologies of, are available overseas, did I find a completely different attitude towards medicine. Hmm. Um, you know, Jeanette, we, 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 we talk about this on the show all the time, that 
that that that period after the diagnosis and we've had so many people share how just listening to the doctor and I I I have a great respect for doctors and what they do but so many cancer warriors say it's your body you sit you get as much information as you possibly can. You don't rush into the treatment. And I think it's a very important message that you're putting across today for people who are listening is that ultimately it's your body. And ultimately you have to, before you go into making the decision, try and get um, as much information. And as you say, unfortunately, you've only, you only came across that information later on um, and, and how devastating that must be after, after she's been through um, such debilitating surgery. Yes. Really such debilitating. So I think that's a very, very important message and it's a kind of message we really, really put across on the DL Link show time and time again. That shocking, devastating um diagnosis. And then as you say, the prognosis when a doctor says, I mean, how many times have I've had cancer warriors on the show saying a doctor told them they had six months? Two years later we're in the studio talking about um their life and that they they've gone way beyond the six months. So let's just take a break, Jeanette, and we're going to pick up. I want to hear from you as a mother how, how you're coping with this. Stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 Chai FM. We have Jeanette Abro in the studio. Um, we, we're talking about the hideous um, journey that her and her daughter have been on and her granddaughter um, when Vanessa was first diagnosed with cancer. And you're saying, Jeanette, um, that the treatment that was offered to you by the doctors was wrong, that she has been for a series of surgery um, and she now is completely deformed. Her face is deformed. She has no eye. Her eye had to be removed. And you're saying that these doctors did not offer the right treatment and you were only made aware of other treatment when you went to India and it was a doctor who told you about going to India because I believe in India you have hospitals that have designated teams, teams who come together and talk about cancer treatment. We've spoken about it on the show before but share your experience about that if you don't mind Jeanette. Hineke, um, yes, there are, there are people here in, in Johannesburg, in South Africa, who have become specialists because of the horror of what people have experienced. Um, the, the, the GP who told me about India has a lot of experience, and there are other people as well who have, have investigated. And what the doctors are doing in South Africa, they should be terrified to be doing this to the patients at the risk of being sued by the medical council. But the problem with them is the problem is that by the time you have dealt with your 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 children's your child's um, illness and your family problems and the fact that you have a business. I have a business which I can't run and it's a very nice business. You know, I'm I'm a jewelry designer. I specialize in the bridal market. It's gone Nowhere, mm. because I cannot. My mm. life is focused on saving my child's life. Mm. So we went to India where we discovered a completely different attitude towards medicine. And the one thing I would like to share with the listeners, and this is the most important thing, a big sign on the wall, on the wall in India. We treat our patients as if they are family, as we would want them to treat us. I would love 
any patient to look their doctor in the eye and say, doctor, would you permit this type of treatment to be done on you or your children or your family? Or would you take them or would you advise far better treatment that is available? It doesn't matter where it is. It is their duty to advise you. And it is written into the Hippocratic Oath that I will give my patients the best treatment available wherever it is. And if I don't have the treatment, I will advise them to go where it is possible to receive this treatment. And I think that the, the whole way of doing medicine in South Africa should change. The treatment in India was a fraction of the price of the South African uh, treatments. For instance, uh, a PET scan in India was 5,000 rand. A PET scan in South Africa is 29,500 rand. Why? Mm. It's these the the doctors in India mm. are highly sophisticated um, doctors, scientists. Um, we were treated with the utmost respect. We were treated exactly as I said, as a sign on the wall. What we would do for you is what we would do for our own families. Mm. And I challenge these doctors to tell the patients to look them straight in the eye and say, "Yes, I would do this for myself." I don't think that they would. Mm. There's a lot of money involved in, in the operations. And I can tell you that our head and neck surgeon professor, one operation that he did on Vanessa cost 180,000 rand. That was one. For 180,000 rand, you can go overseas, you can get expert treatment, including your MRI scans at a fraction of the price, including the airfares there. And the people will come out with the best treatment, not the treatment that is available in South Africa, because that's what they're going to give you, but the best treatment. This is a sophisticated uh, disease, and it needs sophisticated treatments. Mm. Uh, look, I have to say, Jeanette, that... I have many people who speak very highly of their doctors who have had only the very best care, the very best treatment, and who have lived many, many years later. They sit opposite me to tell the tale of their phenomenal doctors and the treatment that yes. they had. And there are so many doctors out there who are dedicated and completely committed to healing and treating. And if their patients want to look beyond and look at other treatments, complementary treatments, and they're open to it. So it's a very broad statement talking about South African doctors. And I think we just have to be aware, you know, but careful of that because there are many who are all of, of, of that we can tick all the good things. You've had a particularly bad experience. Yes. And, and I think it's a very important warning that you are giving to people because you're saying that you need to do your homework. You're saying that this is your body um, and that notion, and this is really what I try and push week in and week out. This is your body. You have to look after your body. A doctor is there to assist you. A doctor is going to suggest treatment, but ultimately it is your body. And we've had many people who come on board who say, I took control. You know, I was very much a part of this treatment in terms of my treatment, what I ate, what I going for therapy, going, I've had incredible people. And I think that's the message we need to keep communicating time and time again. We don't just hand our control over. Um, 
Yeah, and that there are many treatments out there, yes. lots available out there. So, Jeanette, for you as a mother, as you said, you have a business. You've had to put your business on hold. Um, you've got a granddaughter, and her gra- your granddaughter's really just known. You know, her mother is being ill and going for treatments. And how do you, as a mother, cope with it? How are you? Well, we can only take it day by day. And with gratitude to all the people who have helped us to get to India, mm-hmm. to help to support us. Mm-hmm. But it's very painful. Yeah, yeah. As a mom, for your daughter to yeah. go through that, of course. Nikki, and I hear what you say about the other doctors. We have, since our return, um, found a very compassionate and good um, oncologist. And he is completely different. His attitude is completely different to the doctors that we dealt with. Mm. And there were a huge amount of them. And mm. I'm talking about over a period of eight years. Mm. And I cannot say one good thing for the doctors that we dealt with mm. over the eight years. They never offered us alternatives. They never explained anything. They just almost as if they were doing us a favor mm. to actually treat. Like, I've written you off. And what happened mm. at the end when we went to India was beyond shocking. I, I, I still have to absorb that I fled, literally fled, within one week in desperation. <laughs> and it was wrong. It was so wrong. I don't know how that doctor could have, that whole team could have done that to us. To actually, you see the picture. Mm. Mm. I have no explanation for it, but I do say that according to the, the Hippocratic Oath, which they sign, which they sign as a doctor, they are not allowed to do what they're doing. And I, and, and, and it's their duty, as I said, to explore alternate uh, things and, and for the medical aids to pay for people to go overseas to get the best treatment. They will actually be saving money. They won't be spending money. They will be saving money because the cost of our treatments is out of line with what is happening overseas. So, Jeanette, when you went to India and you said you should have reported, you should have, are you going to do it now? Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it um, so that you can prevent this from happening to someone else? I don't believe that I have the emotional power, the energy the money or the strength to do it. Mm. I'm hoping that I, I, I ask Hashem every day that somebody will come and help us to to find this help. I can't do it myself, mm. to be honest. Um, I know people have gone on long journeys. It's taken three years. Um, and it's it's just not in the I – have, I have to – Dedicate myself to saving my child, my child's life and looking after my little Michaela. How is Vanessa at the moment? Not well. Not at all well. So she's going for more treatment? We are planning more treatment, but okay. she's extremely weak. Her life is devastated. Um, she cannot work. You know, for her to get up in the morning, just go downstairs and have her breakfast um that that's the realm and 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 be with her child that's about as much as she can do mm. Jeanette I'm um, I'm so sorry you know we we please please send her all of our love I know that she, though she's done so much with the DL link and the DL link have done so much with her yes and been absolutely amazing and I'm 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 just so sorry that you've had this horrific horrific journey and that this is your journey at the moment and I thank you so much for 
for coming onto the show and being brave enough to share it and, you know, to share your pain, but more importantly, to pass a very important message on to our listeners. And I think they hear you very loud and very clear. Okay. What, what number are you going to be giving us? And my cell phone number. Okay. So if, if that's anybody if would want like to contact, to contact, you. contact me, as I said, um, Vanessa's story is on the Backer Buddy site. What is Backer Buddy? Backer Buddy is a fundraiser, fundraising site. And, uh, as I said, people have been super generous to us. We have, we are filled with gratitude. And, um, they continue to support us. Um, we are, off, we are given meals and so on by, by the public. My cell phone number is 082-783-7130. I repeat, 082-783-7130. And I would love to help anybody out there in any way that I possibly can to direct them to healthcare professionals here who have knowledge of, 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 um, what is available worldwide in terms of treatment, mm. and there are very good treatments. I'm just sorry that my daughter didn't receive it, that kind of treatment from the beginning. It would have saved us, saved us all the years of So much, so much. Thank you for the message, Jeanette, a very important message, and thank you for coming on. And we just wish you strength, and, you know, may the journey May it be an easier journey for you moving forward. Amen. And, and lots of love to Vanessa, please. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeanette. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Thank you so much with, for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. And we're moving on. Um, um, from Jeanette's awful, awful story. Um, and please do contact her um, if you want to hear more or if you've got anything to add. 082783-7130. So, wow, you know, I mean, on the 14th of Feb, we all tell people that we love them when we could tell them every single day, Valentine's Day, we go and buy flowers and spend a fortune and the cards and, but it's a lovely moment. And then Sunday comes along and it's Mother's Day. I don't know about you, but I love Mother's Day. I love it when my kids have to tell me how much they love me. I'd pay, I'd pay anything to hear them tell me how much they love me. And uh, maybe you would too. So as I said, we're, we're talking about moms and we're talking about what it is to be a mother and we're talking about the, the impact that our mothers have on us. I started the show with Dr. Terrorai Trent's comment about her great-grandmother handing the baton down in Zimbabwe um, in this impoverished community, um, a daughter being married often at the age of 18 already having five children, and how Dr. Terai Trent said she was not going to pass the baton on to her daughters, and how she had a dream, eventually went to America, she has a PhD, she inspires people, but more importantly, She's educating young girls in Zimbabwe. Um, and that is the power of the woman, the power of the ancestor. Um, and so that's what I want to do. I want Sunday to be more than just telling your mom that you love her, more than going for breakfast or lunch, more than the card and the, the, the bunch of flowers, but really looking back at women who came before us and how they've built us and made us the women that we are today. So I think it's so perfect to have Tumi Moraka on the show. 
you know, she makes us laugh and she makes us look at ourselves and she is an extraordinary person. And I got to see a whole new side of to me when I uh, got hold of a few excerpts of her book. And then Mama said, and that's what we're going to be expanding on today. So to me, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I, I interviewed you years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were talking about being a mom and um you had little ones and the balancing act yeah. and you know that is that is that's the tough one right I, I said i took some time out when i had kids i was lucky i could do voiceovers so mm. i could pay enough money but not many people have that opportunity you work i do if How i don't do you work do it? i don't get paid no, i mean well, funny that eh? <laughs> <laughs> i i think when i don't feel up to it i imagine what school they'd end up in if i couldn't afford a better one <laughs> so i wake up and do what needs to I be know, done i know that pushes you yes it does that push pushes you, you. So how yeah. many kids do you have now to so me? i've got 3 yes amazing you two, get the badge two boys and a challenge i call my daughter i feel like when i had my daughter the universe was saying we want to give you a taste of <laughs> hang you. on did you just say two boys and, and the a challenge, challenge. <laughs> I feel like kids I think I think boys are plug and play. Do you and think? Yes, boys are very okay. plug and play and girls girls not so much. Girls are a bit of How a complicated How is she challenging product. you? How? Um because you know uh, when you discipline your children, you need to watch where where are you killing their personality and their drive, and where mm. are you genuinely just going you're out of line because mm. I feel like if a woman is born into this country you, you have to, you have to be born a fighter you're a fighter from the time you're in the womb because you are in a vessel that is so precious, mm. and then you arrive and you need to fight a fight you never asked for as a woman in this country already mm. so um she beats up boys she she's very out spoken. She's chubby. You know, I mean, she's, she's my a baby. Mini you. She's, she's a mini you. She's a mini me. And I remember <laughs> laughing at her feet and saying, oh, look at your little mini loaves. And she looked me in the eye and she said, mom, I don't like that. Don't call me that. <gasps> and I was so happy. Like, <laughs> yes, I was put in my place, but I was so happy because I thought, if you can say that to your mom, I can only imagine what you say to the person in the street. You know what I mean? So, And yeah. you're happy about that. I'm very happy about she that. She has a voice. Yes. She has an opinion. Yes. She is not afraid to express my it. My firstborn came to me, my son, and said, Mom, you need to tell Afia she's not the firstborn. I am. <laughs> And I just said to him, Sponsor, I'm really sorry he, she does that to you. But if you want to keep the throne, you're going to have to fight for it. Oh. I'm going to let her claim that throne oh. if she must. Because oh. I think every mother with a daughter knows we need to own where we are. Because mm. our power still scares the world. Mm. You know, people claim this is the best time to be a woman. Women's love. Oh, our constitution in South Africa protects women. Then you look at headlines and you're like, constitution and headlines aren't quite matching. Mm. You know, mm. when you go and look um, at, at our salaries, mm, constitution and our salaries, not quite speaking in the same language. Mm. So we're raising warriors, man. We are raising yeah. warriors. And they do need to have a voice. They do. And and they mustn't think they need to pick between being hot and being a warrior and being smart. You can be all of them. That's another thing. I'm I love like, that. All these roles. All of them. All of them. Like So when off. she has the Instagram account, let's just fast forward a bit. Because <laughs> these Instagram accounts blow me away sometimes. They're crazy, right? And I see these hot girls and I think, but this is a little teenager. Yes. And she's projecting something. I don't know if she knows, but yeah. she's got 10,000 hot, well, I don't know, but hot-blooded men who are loving every minute. Do you know how that how are you going to? How are you going to cope? I want to know. That drives me, me crazy. <laughs> I, I hope my, my daughter's hot won't be male skewed it won't favor the male gaze 
I find the hottest women are the ones who are not looking away but are looking directly into the camera changing it. Mm. They are women who are dressing bodies that are supposed to be hidden and showing them. Mm. And they're women with hot bodies who are going, you see, I'm so hot, I can cover it all up and you can still feel the flame from where you are. Right. Women who are not afraid to say some really profound stuff in a bikini. I'm like, girl, you're in a bikini. I'm trying to <laughs> focus on your hot thighs, but you are telling me some profound stuff. <laughs> you I love know? it to me. Yeah. I love what you're saying yeah, Because think, it's not one or the other It's mm-mm. one end And it, it it's is. everything Absolutely Why should it just be the one Absolutely, without the because other? Because we do that to our daughters I mean, I have friends I have Indian friends I have You know, my, what I love is I have friends from all walks of life And I remember the one thing I picked up from my Indian friends was If you're light-complexioned with long hair That's the focus Get yourself hot Get yourself married Oh, you want to study and be a neurosurgeon? Great You get married You're not a neurosurgeon no. anymore Go be a wife and raise some kids <laughs> And then the darker ones to be like, yeah, well, I'm darker. I was, it was made very clear to me that I'd better make sure I make a lot of money because <laughs> marriage is not guaranteed. And I go, but you really? can't. Yes. And then at some point, you have to unteach yourself that. I grew up being taught, you're so pretty. Don't worry. It's fine. Pass. Pass to finish school. You don't have to be intelligent and amazing. Just, you know what I mean? Wow. And luckily, I had a mother who just defied all of that. She was just like, Lassan. Um, the only thing she wouldn't ne- negotiate on was marriage. But she was like, Lasan, you make your own money, you get your own property, you make sure you're independent. She's like, yes, have a man. Please, by all means, you have to bring me a, a son-in-law. So she wanted you to get she married. She wanted me yes. to get married, which was always the one thing we never agreed on. But then I ended up getting married because, well. You, you were know, a mommy's girl, whether one, you liked yeah, it or once, not. Yeah, once God wills it, you know. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the funny thing is um, she was like, I want you to have a man. But... You are not going to be economically dependent on that man because should the time come for you to get out, my darling, I want you to just leave with what's yours and leave him. My mother was very, very big on education mm-hmm. and on independence. And then I never quite understood why the marriage was so hard. I suppose she was who she was. She had the past she had. She grew up in the family she grew up in. And, you know, for us, they say rather be married and divorced than having never been married at all. You know, so, so those are the, some of the, I call them BS concepts that our daughters need to outgrow and kill. And we need to, we need to kill them in past generations before we even get to our daughters, you know? How? Um, I highly recommend therapy. As <laughs> I know it works. Yes, there's generational <laughs> psychotherapy where you must do the generational healing of things that are in your DNA. Um, which have you done? Which I have done and it has been a most incredible So the whole epigenetic, it's, it's like the epigenetic. It's I can't say the yeah, word epigenetics. Yeah, I was going to say, don't expect me to okay, know the sorry, English, darling. I, I, my sorry, English, darling. I'm it only t- started in the late <laughs> 80s. Um, <laughs> it's very limited. Um, <laughs> don't but, believe it for a second. But have conversations with the young ladies that our parents didn't have with us. You know the conversations we wish our mothers had with us? Like... I think, for example, if you talk about our sexual health, our mothers were very quick to talk about our sexual health and our reputation when it came to men. Our mothers never told us about our own pleasure, about our own bodies, about the magic little things that are only ours that men don't have, which when you don't have that, once you get married, your partner owns that. And you don't even own it for yourself. Wow, you don't even what know an insight. Yourself. So if you haven't awakened to it, your partner owns it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So what message do you tell your daughter? To love herself, whatever Aww. that means. Oh. Whatever that means. I compliment the things she does more than how she looks. And she is incredibly adorable. She's got the biggest cheeks, cheeks that she just want to pinch and she's just num, num, num. But what I emphasize for all my children, even the boys, is what they do over what they look like. 
um, because I really need them to know that they have to have a value, that that people need to value them. Like I've, I've been to parties with my kids where the biggest compliment you can ever pay me is tell me how well behaved my children mm. are. That even when they run around and scream like crazy kids, they will thank you for the party. They will try and help you clean up and they will say thank you even though it's a buffet. They will check with you if they are allowed to serve themselves instead of just gorging the food without asking for permission. Mm. And for me, it's those little things that say this child is a mother that cares. Mm. This child is a mother that's having a conversation, you know, and they know, tear my house apart. But when you go to Nikki's house, you know, that's Auntie Nikki's house. Right? You Auntie. can come to my house. She must think you're an angel. <laughs> I love it. So it speaks to character. It speaks to character. Yeah. You know, as you say, a lot in the past, how we look. Yes. And um, that was very important. Yeah. But this speaks to character, which I love. So we're going to take a quick break. And after the break, I want to talk about And Then Mama Said, this awesome. fantastic book. As I said, I've read bits of it and, and I've loved every minute of it. So stay with us. We're going to be back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Nine minutes to one o'clock. I have Tumi Muraka in the studio, award-winning comedian, actress, writer, and producer. So, and then Mama said, and you've spoken about your mom since yes. we've been chatting, this larger-than-life character um, and the impact that she had, and that she said she would rather drink water and eat bread mm. Have the bare minimum, um, and put you and was that your brother, younger sister, your younger yeah. sister, um, through education? Yeah. That was so important to her. Yes. And how that impacted your life? I fought tooth and nail for my education. You know, I mean, that's um, that's that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something people can't take your knowledge or your empowerment away from you once mm. you've done that, and. Um, I'm glad she did that because, you know, you come to a big city like Joburg coming from little old Mafigang and Tabanchu where I was born and the lights will blind you and the guys will excite you and the money will confuse you. But when you come from that kind of foundation, you go, I can't waste everything I came from. For you this. go back. You go back and you ground yourself. Uh. And to this day, even now, when I feel like I'm getting a little too big for my own boots, I actually go home. I go home. I park my car. And I literally feel like I land somehow. I become part of the earth again and I remember who I am. Mm. And I remember to look people in the eye mm. and to not look my elders in the eye and look a little bit below my elders' eyes, mm. you know, and it, it just grounds you. But because I feel like when you're a mother, you understand that when you're a mother, you are bringing terrorists, presidents, healers, killers into the world. You don't know in that moment while you're carrying that child what you're bringing into the world. But whatever we are bringing into the world is going to impact the world Mm. forever. We write history before it even happens in our wombs. We are very important. And my mother was that. My mother created a a black girl who could sit in a room with Afriforum and and Solidarität and have a conversation and stand her ground and not once keep her head down but keep it up and still leave with respect. Going to and coming from the people she was with So I feel like Mother's Day is huge You're right, it's profound It's beyond mommy, I love you mm. It's mommy, you, I love everything That is going to happen to the world Because you brought me into it mm. Mm. And I started talking about this I don't know if you've heard of her Dr. Terrorai Trey Yes, I heard you speak about Oh, And you've got to listen to this mm. podcast And she says that women must have rituals And that we must remind ourselves Where have we come from yes. Who came before us That we must always connect with our ancestors We are carrying through What our ancestors started mm. And and you know, in, in our culture 
culture today and certainly in white culture, we are we connected to ancestors? And she said, you've just got to keep connecting the wisdom, the lessons. Mm. Everything keeps coming through. Mm. So I hope we got that across. Let Mother's Day be something extraordinary and way beyond. Absolutely. Way beyond. To me... Thank you. How can people get their hands on And Then Mama Said? We've got an audio book that's out. Uh, you've got an audio shelf. I'm yes. there all over the world in audio. <laughs> yes. You can order online um, from exclusive books or from a Penguin Publish, uh, uh, Penguin, Random, Penguin Random House. Oh, and also the book has been put on the long list for the Alan Payton Award for Literature. Ah! Amazing. So I'm very excited. So, so amazing. Yeah, it's everywhere. You can even find it at the best bookstores. As I said, the bit that I read, very personal, very personal. Your insights, your deepest, deepest feelings. I'm looking forward to reading the whole book. To me, thank you for coming onto the show. It's thank been wonderful having, having you. Thank, thank you. Happy Mother's Day. And to you, um, happy birthday, Israel, 71 years. Let's wait for the results, you know, the elections. Please, God, let South Africa move forward with a beautiful, bright future. It's what we all want. And for you, moms, on Sunday, may you be, may you be honored in the way that you deserve. May you Learn from those who came before you, and may you create the beautiful children to create a better future for us all. For me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, it's been fantastic. Take care. Goodbye.